Welcome to the Everyday Ultra Podcast, a show designed to help you level up your training, crush your races, and ultimately become a better endurance athlete every single day. Whether you're an endurance athlete as a hobby or someone who wants to be the best in the sport, this is the show for you. I'm your host, Joe Corsione, and thank you so much for listening. Now, let's get into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Everyday Ultra Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Corsione. Today, also, too, uh, before we get into today's awesome and amazing guest, which I'm super excited about, I want to say we got a co-host on here today. So I've done some co-host episodes in the past, but this is the first with this co-host. Uh, I got my buddy, Ryan Callen, on here. Ryan, what's up, man? What's up, Joe? I am super hyped to be here, and I'm more importantly hyped to just talk to Matt. I've been connecting with him a lot through social and just being able to just go more in depth on his journey, where he's been from, where he's at now, what's going to be next. I'm, I'm fired up. It's going to be a ton of fun, brother. Absolutely, man. It's so exciting to have you on here. And I was stoked when you connected us with today's guest because uh, it was so funny. I mentioned to him and I mentioned to you beforehand. Uh, I'd seen him on TikTok and social media beforehand, but never really dove into him. He said, hey, like, you know, he would be a great guest for the podcast. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen this guy before. And the more that I did research, listening to podcast interviews, exploring some of his content, I would just got even more impressed. And what's even more, I think the most impressive thing is the amount that he's accomplished in just a short time of running. Not just, you know, out there on the pavement, on the trails and everything, but also in the world of inspiring and touching people. So just to give all of you listeners here, just a little bit of background about our guest today. He's completed a hundred miler. He's completed a 50 K um, and he's most recently com- uh, completed a sub three hour marathon, which is just absolutely nuts. And he's only done this in just a short running career that he's had, which is just absolutely amazing. And I think he's the definition of really just becoming who you want to become, no matter what your background is. And I love that. It's a cornerstone of his message. And we've seen that others have found this to be inspirational as he has over 300,000 followers on TikTok, over like uh, 80,000, I think 90,000 followers on uh, Instagram, and then over 30,000 on YouTube, just showing how inspirational, how amazing this dude is. So without further ado, because if I feel like I keep going, I'm just gonna, it's going to be a hype reel here. So we'll let, <laughs> we'll let the man do the talking himself. Matt Choi, thanks so much for coming on the Everyday Ultra Podcast, man. I appreciate you. Dude, I feel like it's my walkout music. Y'all just set y'all set the tone right there. I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to smash this podcast now. I'm like I'm ready to go put my shoes on and go run. Um, but no, I'm, dude, I'm beyond blessed and and humbled even even on the intro. Honestly, I mean, it's 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 an amazing journey that I've been on, and also I mean, just I'm I'm beyond blessed to be here with you guys chatting, and I'm excited to kind of see where this conversation goes. But um, I think you know what Joe said right there at the end was like that mentality of like you know becoming whoever you want to be. And I think that is really the messaging for my content has been that running has obviously been, been the vehicle to kind of communicate that message. But I'm, I'm, I'm such a believer that like once we as people make the mentality shift of like, hey, I'm going to commit to myself. I'm going to commit to self-love and commit to this goal. I, you can start to achieve extraordinary things and you can just be an ordinary person. I think that there's beauty in that. And the more and more humans can see themselves as superheroes or superhumans, I think that it's a powerful place and, and the world will be in a better place. 
oh bro you already got goosebumps up and down my spine here and we haven't even started on the first thing but i but i love that about you man i love like you got this energy that's just so infectious and contagious and just really uplifting and especially around the message and what you portray is anyone can be anyone who they want to be if they're putting in willing to put in the work and um man dude i i just love that messaging so much that i knew that this was just going to be such a killer episode just to have you on here but speaking of that whole journey and message of becoming who you want to be you it's translated from you know your journey into running and how you got here um, in such a short amount of time I know you have a background into football and that kind of transitioned you a little bit into running but tell us a little bit about you know how you transformed yourself into you know this super talented runner that you are today I appreciate that Joe um you know it's and 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 it's funny because like I would say myself for myself like I'm kind of more in that like average runner space in a sense right because if you look at elite runners versus like you know you're kind of like 5k people that kind of run a 5k a year obviously I'm not really on either spectrum kind of somewhere in the middle however you want to call it um but I guess kind of giving you a little origin like how it all started was when COVID first hit in the northeast you know it was a lot different than like down south or or other places like it, it was obviously kind of like a major thing um gyms had all shut down at the time I was the personal trainer so I had gotten laid off and I was on unemployment because obviously as a trainer, you're not in facilities anymore. So a lot of my time at that time, I was still like more of a personal trainer and making content on the side. Mm-hmm. And obviously I had this understanding that, you know, being a personal trainer wasn't going to be my end all means, but in the time it gave me an opportunity to one, control my own schedule, make enough money to support myself while also chasing after this quote unquote passion or dream project, which in, in sense wasn't really running it was more just around building my personal brand. That's kind of where this all started. Then I just kind of like, for me, you know, physical challenges are, are always so interesting because you get a very quick result. If you do a workout, you will instantly feel like, oh shoot, I achieved something. Like, you know, like you get these endorphins in your body, the energy that releases when you actually do a workout. I've kind of been like that my whole life as a co- former college football player. And even when I went into corporate America for a little bit, I was always working out and kind of, maintaining my physical and mental um, 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 toughness in that sense. So as COVID hit, the first challenge I did that really started my running journey was I did 30 Mike Murphy workouts in 30 days. Yeah, I saw that. You did the Murph, right? It was like everyday thing where you were incorporating that and doing that, right? Exactly. And then if you don't know what the Murph is, it's a one mile run, 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 squats, and another mile. So if you do that for 30 days, by the end of 30 days, you'll accumulate 60 miles of volume, of base building pretty much. And that was kind of like, dude, that was my start. And then after that had been accomplished, you know, at the time, I'm a big believer that like people need to figure out one, how they actually learn. Not everyone learns through watching YouTube videos. Some people like to learn through reading a book or listening to a podcast. I'm a big, I'm a, for me, I learn by doing mm-hmm. like, that's how I learn best. I want to go my, throw myself in the fire. I want to do cold showers. I want to saw, I want to run ultras. I want to play college football. I want to go play basketball. I want to snow all these things. You can read about it. You can YouTube a video of how to do these things. But at some point as humans, you need to put pen to paper and start to do a lot of people sit here in limbo, watching content, watching these mentors, paying X amount of people, whoever that they want to hear their story, but not many people actually do the thing that they're, they're trying to achieve. So that's kind of been my journey. Like after I did that uh, 30 days of 30 Murphs, I literally made a poll on my Instagram. Should I go for a run longer than two miles? Mm-hmm. And then the, the, the polls were a, a 
significantly more of yes, like go run four miles or five miles or whatever. And before I knew it, dude, like I just started to push the envelope of what I thought was possible for Matt, no one else, just for myself. I'm not a runner. You know, it's just, so for me, I was testing and it's no different than someone that is learning how to crawl or a baby learning how to walk or, you know, a kid learning their first sport. You're going to fail along that way. And as long as you are okay and understanding that that failure just means that you can learn from it, then almost anything in this world is possible. Totally. And the beauty behind that actually with you, Matt, is it makes you really relatable. Like one of my Mm -hmm. favorite things about starting to follow you is I'm just like, man, I like, I don't feel like this guy's some like Kipchoge superhuman to where I'm never going to be on that level. And like, I can't relate at all. No, dude, just very similar to to Devin, who we were talking about before. This is a guy who I just like, man, I I can relate to that. Like I'm someone who I just got started on my journey back in 2017. Joe's is is more recent as well too. And just so many of the things that you talk about, you're just like, what am I eating in a day? What's my training like in a day? What does this look like? It's so down to earth and relatable and something that anyone can do. And that's what makes you even more approachable and awesome. And I'm so glad that you brought that up. I do want to get back to, so you were talking about some of your, your college stuff a little bit before, just so people have a little mm-hmm. bit of background on that. So you were, you were a division one athlete. Uh, you were a football player at Monmouth university. And for those who maybe don't know about Monmouth, that's where former wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys, miles Austin played. So that's kind of yeah. like you guys' claim to fame, which is dope, but I'd be curious to know because the cool thing about that athletics and sports is what it can kind of cultivate for your mindset and whatnot. I'd be curious to know, what are maybe some things for when you were a college athlete that you've carried over into, because now you're, you're not a college athlete, you're not a professional football player yeah. and you're not doing yeah. those things, but I'm guessing there's been a lot of lessons and things that you learned when you were doing that you've carried over into running. And I'd just be curious to hear you know, a couple of things for like, what have been some principles and lessons that you learned from your career and doing that, that have carried into yeah. the success that you've had as a creator, as a runner and all the things you're doing now. I, I love that question, Ryan. Um, I think the first thing I'll, I'll, I'll talk about is discipline. And discipline looks so much different now. It's easy to be disciplined when you're part of a team. Or let me let me take that. It's easier to be disciplined. You have teammates, your coaches, position coaches. You know, obviously, your teammates like their people are relying on you. You have to be at study hall at a certain time. You better be there, or the team has to run now because someone doesn't want to pay their dues. You want to make sure that you're on time for a dining hall, for freaking uh film, for X, Y, and Z. People are relying on you to be there because you're part of a team. The discipline aspect now when you get out of that world is so much more challenging because when I wake up in the morning and my alarm hits off at five, no one is no one's begging Matt to go run and put on his shoes. But I'm, I'm making that intentional decision to be disciplined for myself. So that self-discipline, I think, is by far the most important trait I learned because in football, I learned it from being a team and being disciplined, obviously, to my team. But I took it even a, fur- a further step because being Asian American and playing football is not normal. So I've always had a chip on my shoulder. I've always tried to work harder than the next person because I just knew I didn't have any handouts given to me along that journey. So even when I was in college, I would be doing extra workouts. And I guess this kind of ties in of self-discipline and just hard work, right? And like that's something that's not sexy. Like most people will give you that answer. Like, hey, work your butt off. Be consistent with those things because those are actually the answers. Like there's not many secret sauces to, you know, successful people. If you look at the blueprint of the Cubans of the world and the Vaynerchucks of, of whoever someone is looking up to that listens to this pod, like look at the books, look, look at it. Like that's the blueprint that all these successful entrepreneurs, athletes, whoever, they all have similar frameworks. So my question more is like, 
if as humans, we have the technology to go find and seek this knowledge, why don't more people actually apply it? And that is actually the biggest game of it all is that it's very difficult when no one else is asking you or requiring you to do these things. It's hard to be consistent and stay disciplined with those types of actions. So I think Ryan, like that would be by far the biggest thing, those three traits, self-discipline, the accountability, and then just the work ethic. Like the work is something that I love the Gary Vee shit, right? Clouds and dirt. Yeah. Like it's the things that no one wants to do, yeah. but that's actually where the beauty is. Dude, yeah. when I ran the sub three, I already knew that I, I was going to hit it mentally. It's the process for your becoming, for sure, dude. No question. 1,000%. And I heard when I was at VCon this past year in, in, in Minneapolis, dude, Jesse Itzer had this powerful quote. He said, when I was 20 years old and I had my business partner, I told him, I looked him in the eye and I said, we're, we're millionaires already. They just haven't paid us yet. Mm. And like, that was my framework, this whole training, dude. Yeah. I told myself, I'm like, I'm a sub three, I'm a sub three hour marathon runner. I just haven't ran it yet. Yeah. And that has been my framework. And it just, I, I, to, to Ryan's point, if you don't enjoy the process of the doing and the dirt and the shit that no one wants to really do, it, it, it's all a facade. And, totally. and Ryan, to your point, people that watch my content and then they go see me out on Ladybird, they know this shit's real. Like they know <laughs> For sure. You see me with my phone making content. Yeah. You see me putting in the time and in the early mornings and even doing double up workouts in the evenings, like, so for me, it's like, if someone can take that piece of this pod and they, they, they take nothing else, one, stay disciplined for yourself, stay accountable to the work and work your ass off, man. Like, and whatever you do, I guarantee that you will start to see results as, and, and obviously being patient along that process is going to help because if you want it overnight, quite frankly, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be tough to get it. I love that perspective, man. Yeah. Great question, Ryan, too, because like, it's, like it goes back to what you were saying too originally, Matt, when, when you're talking about how you were able to make big gains too, through the hard work was all like the learning, right. And, and doing what those lessons are. Right. And by going out and just saying, Hey, like, you know, you learn from the successful runners out there and you saw that it was hard work and discipline and the actual doing the thing you're like, Hey, I'm going to apply this in here. And then it's led to where you are right now today. And I know other people hearing this, it's the same thing. And I love what you said. It's like, everyone says it's hard work and discipline and people are like, Oh yeah, yeah. But it's cliche. Cause it's true. It's true. Right. <laughs> There's a reason why it gets tossed around so much. A lot of people like hear it now and I think it becomes white noise, but really when you integrate that and start to, you know, actually apply it and do it, that's like where that beauty and that journey comes into. The other thing I loved in there, man, was when you were saying like how you were, you were training for your sub three and you were thinking to yourself, like, I've already run this, I can do this. And that is so powerful because it goes back to belief. And you mentioned the word of, of self-love and, and, you know, when you, when you first came on here talking about how that was an important principle for, for our listeners who are listening, and I'm curious how you implement that in your life. Like, how do you really implement that process of belief and self-love? Because sometimes, and, you know, including myself, like, you know, you'll wake up in, in a day and maybe, you know, you think, oh, I don't know if I could, could hit that sub three, right? We all have doubts and, and, and insecurities and things that pop up. I guess for the person listening who's battled that, how can they develop that belief in self-love along their journey to hit their their goals in endurance running? I mean, dude, that's a it's a freaking loaded question. I love this. Um, <laughs> you know, I think one, it starts with a level of awareness. Like if, if it's something you know that you're lacking, starting to work on how maybe even understanding of the brain and how to create new brain links or how to form new thinkings, right? Our words are powerful. The things that come out of our mouth, they're like spells. And the more and more that you speak 
positively or negatively, it's going to start to make real impact on, on, on your brain. And the same thing goes for what we listen to and what we consume and how we spend our time and the people we hang out with. So I think if you first have that level of awareness, that's the first step. That's beautiful. Now you start to peel back that onion and realize like, all right, well, shoot, like, you know, whether it's Google or figuring out what mentor or whoever that you want to start to listen to, right? Because at the end of the day, no one can do this journey of life on their own. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not here because Matt Choi is this special human. No, like I've done a shit ton of learnings and just being addicted to that learning process is just as important for me as the dedication to the sub three, as mm -hmm. the building out my content calendar, as all of those things, right? So I think the initial step is one, be aware that you have that that you're not loving yourself, right? Start there and then start to figure out, well, how do I actually peel back that onion? And it could be you meditating for a couple minutes a day. And that just begins the journey of just being in solitude, being in one with comfortable with yourself. And then you can start to add in different tactics of like, all right, well, like for some reason, people get shocked that when they move their body a little bit, that they do get in a better mood, that they do feel more confident. If you don't look, if you don't like what you're seeing in the mirror, that's the best place to start. Well, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you started that and said that too, because one of the things, if anyone follows you, Matt, that's listening to this, they would know you start every single day the same way. You start with your daily stoic, you make a post on it and you have different things that you post. And that's part of your morning routine that you're doing. Well, at least I'm guessing it is because every time I see what you're doing, you're posting, you got another one going on in that, which I think is awesome. And you're practicing literally what you're talking about right now. And so I'm curious because, man, I've seen, I don't know, probably like 78 different passages on you in the time I've been following you. I'd be yeah. curious to know if there's like one or two that stands out that you're just like, man, this is really a testament of my life and something that I carry with me throughout my, my workouts throughout my days, or maybe a pot like, cause I mean, if anyone's, you know, got a brand at this point, they just realize just how positive energy you are. Um, but I'd just be curious to know from the daily stoic, like what's really just landed with you a ton that you carry with you throughout your days, man. I, I think the two biggest things and like, it always pops up in, in the messaging, even in that book, one it's humility and, and gratitude, like those are really my foundation. The humility of realizing that no when, when two years ago, no one was watching my shit, I love this process just as much as I do right now. Like I love this shit. Like there's not even a thought in my mind to go work for anyone else. There's no five-year exit strategy. There's no 10-year plan. This is what I'm doing until I go to 100 years old on some real shit. So it starts there. And then the, the gratitude aspect is one, I know that I am privileged to be in this position. And part of it is the work that I've done to get myself here. But I know that there are so many more people that have less than I do. That's how I don't complain about shit. I, there, there, there's seemingly nothing for me to complain about. When I wake up in the morning, I go wake up at 530 and I go down to, to Zilker Park or wherever I go run. I really think to myself, I'm like, Matt, you chose to wake up this morning. You chose to do these things. And I am willing to do it because I want to. And I think I'm like all this, this line of people at Starbucks at 5.55, I'm thinking to myself on some real shit, like some of these people hate their job and this cup of coffee is the brightest part of their day. And mm -hmm. I'm over here like, I have the privilege to go run eight miles here. So that I think, Ryan, to your point, like the Daily Stoic has so much great shit in it, whether it's meditational stuff, whether it's actually just being the Stoic, like taking in that philosophy of like not letting the external things in this world impact you. Part of the reason I love to start my day like that is because for a long time, I hated learning. I hated reading. I, I didn't know how to meditate. Last mm. year, I did Wim Hof. Part of my morning, in which I'm going to start to like even show more of my content, 
I do the Wim Hof breathing method every single morning before I touch my phone. Love it. Every wow. morning before I brush wow. my teeth. And that's some shit that is like, I didn't know how to meditate. <laughs> I didn't even knew, know who Wim Hof was before 2021. Someone was like, do you know the Iceman? I'm like, who? So for all of us, whoever's listening to this, like once you make the intentional decision that you want to change, that you want to do something, that you want to improve in a certain aspect of your life, like take the baby steps to get there. Like for me, none of this change has happened overnight. It's been the smallest things over and over and over and over. And then it becomes like a non-negotiable. Once the things that people can't fathom become just part of your daily routine, that's when you know that you're starting to tread in the right direction. Like I want people to look at me and think that I'm crazy on some shit. I want people to think that I'm different because I don't want to be like the world. I just don't. So I'm okay with having that as like my title. And like to Ryan's point, the relatability aspect, I think I do really try to focus on because a lot of people get nervous when they think about running or ultras. Like, oh my God, I have to be on a, such a strict diet and X, Y, and Z. I can't go out and have a couple drinks and enjoy my life. Like, like I feel like that is just like not how anyone should live their life. So no, I just, no, I don't. You're having a blast right before your races all the time. <laughs> so <it's laughs> before your, your marathon, I'm like, for real? He's doing it. Like, you're going out to all these different places. You're in a pike place. You're hitting up all the spots. I know. Like, Dan, he is just free loose and he's just gonna go have a ball and he did man like that's huge so i think that's <laughs> and, and, and joe you know to your point like there's always doubt i have my own insecurity still but like i just try not to let those thoughts creep up and overpower the positivity that i have because we all have doubts dude i had a, my workouts here 17 mile workout 18 mile workouts were honestly harder than what i just did on sunday Mm. And like that thought, like, dude, I had a couple workouts where like, I didn't hit my splits towards the end of the workout. And like, you know, the way that my shit was programmed it'd be like, Hey, run 12 miles easy. And then run five miles where you're decreasing your pace 30 seconds a freaking mile. And I'm like, dude, when it's hot as shit out and like you're low on energy, it's like, it's hard to execute those workouts. So even yeah. during this block of training, I'm always like, I'm like, damn, I wish I executed that better. Like I could have done that better. But then I realized that, and I talked to a lot of runners here. They're like, Matt, most of the work has been done already. Like if you have a bad workout, that's just, it's, it's because your, your body is taking a toll. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I, that kind of humbled me too, because I am still new. I'm not an expert runner. I obviously try to just provide the insight and the value that I've gained through the people that I've learned from, but it's, it's human nature to have doubt and insecurities. We're not robots, but the, the more that we let that stuff control us, we're not in control of our lives. So I just try to own the things that I can control. I love that. Dude, so good. Oh man, like seriously, I feel like my speakers are gonna like incinerate because this is just is like <laughs> in flames because this is just so good. But man, I, I love that. And again, to the relatable point, man, I love what you say like, I have doubts too. And like, I face these things. And again, like to, to Ryan's point, I mean, I feel like that's why you've been able to, to, to really inspire so many people why people hit that follow button when they come to your page is because they can relate with you and they can really like dive into it. and i think you have this way of you know being relatable but also a glimpse of saying hey you can do this too right where it's like maybe maybe you're not at the point where you're disciplined or maybe you're not at the point where you're running you know 10 15 miles a day in, in the heat but you can get there and i just love that and it's just so interesting to see that like you know you didn't meditate and you didn't like learning and then now it's such like a a key part you weren't a runner and like now you're running sub three so it's like it's insane to see this journey. And so 
I love how like the, the pivotal parts of like you accomplishing your goals, right? You have that, that awesome self-belief, that positivity, you've got that hardworking epic, that, that hunger to learn, like those things are all important. What I think is just even more crazy about your journey is that you've accomplished like three different, like very different goals in running, right? You got a hundred miler, which is different from another goal that you accomplished was a 50 K and then a sub three hour marathon. Like those are all very, very different in the world right. of running. Right. So obviously like all this stuff that you mentioned before was so important to have the hard work, discipline, the mindset stuff. But like when you have a goal like that, and maybe, maybe you can speak to the sub three or any one of these particular goals, how do you kind of look at that goal and say, okay, what do I need to do to learn and get here? Like, like, how do you, I know it's a lot of doing, but like, how do you, what does that process look like on a day-to-day basis? hundred percent. I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome because there's now like, you know, the Nick bears of the world, the Courtney to Walters that kind of have like almost turned like a previous occupation and then they kind of transform themselves. Mm-hmm. So like, once I saw that blueprint of like a Nick bear and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, dude, all right, well, like it started with one, obviously like doing like a marathon and then doing the Goggins challenge. But in terms of like peeling back that onion of like the podcast educating on textbooks of like the science of running and like almost trying to get more of like the biomechanical, the actual anatomy of like how this stuff actually works because dude, playing football is so different than endurance mm-hmm. running. Like it's not, it's not even comparable. Um, I think there was first the level of just textbook knowledge, right? Like I wanted to just, I talked to all my PT friends and I was dealing with a lot of injuries, just mm-hmm. minor like chin splints that would just be chronic. They would hurt plantar fasciitis and like i knew that i wasn't doing certain things properly whether it was gear like on like not the right uh, shoes or my running form itself or running too hard on my freaking easy days like that lesson was like the biggest epiphany for me um but then obviously having guys like nick bear that almost was like nick bear was a big blueprint for me honestly mm-hmm. like i yeah, saw this same. guy who was a runner good. yeah and, and dude nick's obviously just an awesome guy in the way that he curates his content is very digestible and it's honestly like a lecture class like that is a better form of education and youtube itself is probably a better form of education for most of these young kids to actually start to consume and learn new things so that combination reading learning more about like opening up the mindset the david goggins book was critical for me mm-hmm. like the mixture of goggins and nick bear because i saw it from bear doing it pretty much like the same kind of path that i took start with the marathon, improve your marathon time, hit a sub three hour marathon, and now start to hit these, uh, what's it called? Ultras, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously Goggins, it was so much about Goggins' framework mentally that I started to really absorb. People can say what they want, love or hate David Goggins. He's doing net positive shit in this world. Oh yeah. It, like if you're a former SEAL, if you've been in the military or SF, like special forces, you might not love David Goggins, but we can't sit here and argue that he's not making positive impact in this world. So I read his book and it made me think like, like that, what if mentality, what if you turn yourself into a football player, into a marathon runner, the thing that I couldn't, this, I, the thing I couldn't, someone couldn't pay me to do when I was in high school and college. What if I turned that into my obsession to almost mm-hmm. prove to myself mentally that I can learn these things for a long time. Part of the reason I didn't like school Part of the reason I didn't like to run back then was I was closed-minded. I was lost in my identity as a quote-unquote football player that played college football. That comes with status. That comes with a level of like expectation that people have for you, right? So people think that, oh my God, like he's excelling in all these other things. But honestly, I was just so focused in football. 
I wasn't paying attention in school. I wasn't reading the text. I wasn't doing those things. It didn't happen until I started to realize that I will do whatever I want to do in this world when it's around the things I care about, when it's around the things that I want to achieve or the challenges that I want to unlock. And that was kind of how it happened for me. It unfolded on its own and it took time and it took injuries and it took not qual- not hitting a sub three hour marathon. It took, you know, just testing what it feels like to run an ultra. Most people are not ready for whatever race they sign up for, but that's the punchline. You're not ready for it, but that's what you're about to test. That's what you're about Man, to test. And I'm challenge. so glad you said that. I'm so glad because like people will ask me <laughs> like, Oh, you ran this crazy race. Like what? I'm like, I just signed up, man. Like, and I, I love that you said that. And for people who are out there wondering, like, you know, what should I do? I love how, and Goggins says that all the time in his book, Anne Hurry. He's just like, dude, just sign up. Like he interacted with someone at one point where they're like, man, I've been thinking about doing a 50 mile. He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, go after it, do it. And I know that he's had a massive impact on your life. Cause you've even talked about this in your messaging all the time, double down on your, on your weaknesses. Don't necessarily <laughs> yep. go on on your strengths. And you've talked about that a lot. And I love how that's impacted you. And I, I just love where it's just really taken so much of your journey and your process as well, too, with just saying, you know what, it sounds like too, back in 2020, that was a crossroads time in your life to where you're trying to figure out what am I doing next? What's going on? And you just started doubling down on yourself, looking in the mirror and just being like, okay, let's just be the most badass version of Matt I can become. Let's do a four by four by 48. Let's Let's just start getting after it. Let's just start seeing what we can do it. I mean, within a year, then you're doing a 50K. You're doing a 100-mile race. And I want to dive a little bit into this 100 because you didn't just sign up for any 100. You signed up for, and I'm in Virginia, just so you know, too. And I'm right next to <laughs> I love it, Ryan. I'm right next to Shenandoah Valley. I saw what you did. I'm like, because I just paced a friend at Eastern States. And I was like dying pacing for 40 miles of that thing. Bro, there's only 20,000 like up and down in that thing. You have like 25 up and down doing like, I'd love to hear because like finishing is sick and finishing sub 30 hours is sick. Tell me about, because this is an ultra running podcast. There are definite highs of like the finish, but there are lows that you go through and you're just like, why the fuck am I doing this? And why did I sign up? And I want to just jump my poles and this sucks. And we've been there. And so I'd love to hear about just how that went for yourself too, man, because there had to have been some high highs and mm. some low lows and just talk a little bit about that. Because man, you chose a bear of a race. So I'll let you take the format. Hell yeah. Um, so much like, you know, people say life's like a marathon, not a sprint. Nah, life's an ultra marathon. Like, and people can't comprehend that because they don't really know. And like, that's the real shit though. Cause like over that course, hundred miles, you live a couple lives. Like you're really, you're battle test. Like you're not only testing yourself physically, but the mental voice, it creeps in many times. There's many times where you're questioning why at three o'clock in the morning, I'm out here. Why am I putting my, why did I pay $200? (laughs) There's plenty of that. Obviously to Ryan's point, like this, this race was tough. Like I've never done a hundred miles before I did a hundred miles. Furthest I ever ran was a 50 miler. And we never are think that we're ready or that we're prepared enough that we've done enough of the work to actually achieve something like that. The first 50 miles is kind of like, all right, you get your feet wet. And like now the real race begin because most people tell you in ultra, like once you get that pacer or once you hit that halfway point, the body starts to break down because it's the system's not used to that type of overload. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the central nervous system starts to break down because you're obviously working at capacity that you've never pushed that far before. So I got to 50 miles and I felt pretty solid. I held a decent pace. And to Ryan's point, my goal was to finish, but psychologically I knew that I wanted sub, I wanted to get under 30. 
Mm. Partly because Nick, the week before, had at Leadville, which is a difficult race, and yeah. he hit it in under 30. Yeah. But under 30 for a, for a 100-mile race that's a lot of inclines that you're climbing mountains is a very respectable time, you know, for mm-hmm. your first 100. Um, but to kind of talk about the, the journey of the, the 100 itself, like the first 50, it went pretty smooth. I think I came in around like the 12-hour 12 mo- 12 mark, right? So the first half took me about 12, 11 and a half, 12 hours. And then the back half took me roughly like 14 and a half, 15, whatever. Yeah. Um, this is so funny. So in the ultra, most people, if you, if you run an ultra with hills, you typically have walking like trekking poles, right? Yeah. I had two. And one of my buddies I was running with, he had like set up his trekking poles to be at mile 30. And I asked him before we started, I'm like, dude, are you sure you're not going to want to use it? Like, this is a long race. Like, you know, and obviously if you're not strong at power hiking, the inclines get very difficult to climb. Mm-hmm. He ended up trying to stay like with me for the first 15 miles, but he was like really lagging behind. So yeah. at every aid station, I would kind of be like, all right, let me take my, I, I set aside 10 minutes at every aid station. I, I didn't want to linger too much, especially early on in the race, but I wanted to make sure I'm getting enough, getting enough proper feeling and nutrition. And I found myself just like waiting a little bit too long for my buddy. I ended up giving him one of my trekking poles because I was like, dude, take this. At least you'll be able to move faster. But I told him, I'm like, I'm going to go. Like, I feel like at this point, for anyone listening, like, also run your own race when you're at marathons or at ultras or anything you do I'm in so life. I'm so glad you said that. Yes. Because it's so difficult. It's so easy to think like, oh, I'm going to run with, oh, my God, is that Cameron Haynes? I'm going to yeah. try to keep up. <laughs> oh, my God, is that like whoever? Like, you don't understand. And if you try to run with someone else without understanding their game plan or what their training was like, you are setting yourself up for failure. And no th- that's what I, in that moment I was like, you know what? I need to run my race. I'm going to have regret if I try to sit here and wait at every aid station. I'm going to have regret towards him not for not keeping up in that sense. So I'll just say that right now. Like, guys, run your own race. If you sign up for anything like Love this, like, obviously it's nice to have a pacer. It's nice to have friends that do it with you. But if you are trying to push yourself, like it's you against you. That's all that matters. It's There's one runner out there and it's just you. And as long as you have that framework, it doesn't matter if you're in first or last you're running a race against yourself. So I'll just say that. Um, I said that story because having one trekking pole, you start to overcompensate, right? Because if you think about one pole, that means that you're really, really utilizing the other side of your body if you're not evenly distributing the, uh, the, the weight. So as I kind of progress into this race, around the 50 mile, not the 50 mile point, but the 60 mile point. So after you hit 50, you get, your, you get a pacer and you have to come back. So it's at 50 out, 50 back. The climb at the middle of the night, 3 a.m., 4 a.m., was about eight miles of just a power hike. But what that means is you have to run down that hill now. Anytime you go up, you're coming back down at some point. My knees at mile 60, I couldn't run down this hill. And anyone knows in ultra, the straightaways and the the downhills is really where you start to, like, jog a little bit. You walk everything else because you're walking up the inclines. But the downhills, where is your friend? Like, you're supposed to gain some extra speed, gain some ground. But my quads were getting like my knee, my right knee was getting locked up because I had like IT band syndrome. So basically the inside of my kneecap on my right side was just getting so worked and my glute wasn't firing properly because I was really overcompensating with the trekking pole. So my right side of my body was just like, it was like breaking down. You know how discouraging it is to run 40 more miles and think (laughs) to yourself. Yeah. So the doubt started to creep in there. And it's so funny because even after I got to that uh, aid station, like mentally, I was starting to like, like lose it. Like I'm no thinking question. like, oh my God, like 
I'm worried about the next two miles and I have 40 more miles to go. And I took a lot longer at that aid station to kind of just like decompress, get some ice on my body, like kind of roll things out. And there was a gentleman that had ran ultras before that was, just, he was at the aid station. He asked me, he said, are you dropping out? He just, cause he thought, cause I was taking so long at this aid station. Yeah. I said, I was like, hell no. Yeah. I was like, I'm just, I was like, obviously I'm just trying to like decompress and like, me just taking five minutes there and trying to go was not a good strategy. Like I wanted to make sure that like one, I need to get my energy back up. Right. Cause in that moment I was down and out. And like some of my guys that recorded the documentary, like they, they recorded me in that, in that aid station. And there was a lady yeah. that asked me, she said like, why are you, why, like, why do you do these things? Mm. And my answer was very Goggins-esque of like, I feel like in a world where everyone seeks comfort, I wanted to seek the opposite of it. Like I want to feel this. I want to know what it's like. I want to know if I have the mental fortitude to, to push yeah. past this uncomfortability yeah. because most people would have hung up the towel and been like, oh my God, I did 62 miles. I'm good. That's my new PR. Yeah. But something happened, Ryan. Like I kept going. Yeah. And then my framework was not, oh, Matt, you have 33 more miles. It was, let me go to the next aid station. Well, and that's when the race begins. Miles. It's just like when you were just doing a marathon, when do people say the race begins? Mile 17, right? It's yeah, the same type yeah. principle and concept when you're carrying this over into this and it's totally normal. And I, I didn't even give a good frame of reference at the start. Matt, you did the grindstone 100. Like there is 23 up, 23 down in this. It's literally one of like the top five hardest hundreds in a country. You didn't just sign up for any hundred. Like Rocky Raccoon that Nick did the second time around. That's like, you know, 3K in total because you're just doing a loop. No, nah, dude, like just like Leadville, like you did one of the most gnarly races. And so for you to experience that makes total sense. It sounds like this was like one of that low moments of that race then for yourself. Then how did you like rebound from that? Like, where did you take things moving forward? Dude, it's so amazing how, I don't know if it's a mind thing of like when the brain starts to realize that like you're reaching close to the goal. I continue going through this, this, this ultra and 65 through 83 were really tough. And it was kind of, it was slow. My pace had started to like, just slow down. I wasn't able to move as quickly. Power hiking was fine. At any point of jogging, it would just like, my like knee would just like lock up. So I would just like, my pacer was like seeing me go through this. And like, he, I played high school football with him. I trained a lot with him. Like he knows that like my level of grit is strong, but there's even moments for me where I'm like, fuck, like, dude, how am I going to like continue this? Like I'm clear at that point, it wasn't even a goal of sub 30. It was just like, yo, finish this race. My, one of my other buddies who was coming in at 87 brought a massage gun and I started to hit shit out of my glute and IT band and like just hit my legs in general. And I don't know if it was that, I don't know if it was getting closer to the finish, but the pain started to go away. Whoa. I was able to run. And it's kind of like that Goggin story at, at seven, at 73 or whatever it was. And he ran 22 more miles and then he ended up hitting his time. I felt like that same exact feeling at 87, we had a half marathon left. I literally was able to then start to run almost the rest of the half marathon. I would still power hike, but we had a large climb up to like 91 miles and then a three mile downhill run to checkpoint mile 95.3. And that was the last checkpoint until the last 5.3 miles or whatever it is. Let's go. But yeah. during that downhill run, guys, I lie to you not. My pacer is not really a runner, but he was like trying to push himself. Like the part of my, the people I chose as pacers, Hell they're yeah. not used to this shit either. But yeah. I wanted them to experience like what they can actually do when they're put into this type of environment. And they both PR'd. One of them hitting 35 miles, another hitting 13. That's sick, dude. We ran down this hill. 
and we passed 25 runners. Oh. And when that saw me struggling, that passed me at 60, and this is where the life is really like an ultra marathon, they were like, yo, keep it up, keep it going. Yeah. When I ran by them and they saw me at the checkpoint, they said, dude, what happened? Like they were in shock of like, how the fuck are you moving? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after that, I had five miles left and I looked at my buddy, Darnell, and I was like, dude, I appreciate you. But he was starting to slow up. And I told him, like, I'm going to go finish this shit. Yeah, I love that. I even on my waters. I said, fuck the water. The last four or five miles, I just ran shirtless. I just fucking ran to the finish line. And I was getting so close, but I was getting so delirious at the end. Yeah. I was making like two or three wrong turns and it's pitch dark. And like my light, headlamp, the bat, and talk about just adversity, like the, the light, the battery is running low and I didn't have my vest or anything with me. So the oh. light is not as strong and pitch dark. So I'm, I'm, tr- I'm having trouble finding the pink ribbons to stay on the course. And there was a runner behind me that started to catch up because I'm like making the wrong turns, X, Y, and Z. We basically get back on trail. I hear the DJ, the music. This is at 1030 at night, probably. And I start to see a little bit of light, just like far distance away. And yeah. it was just at that moment, like there was no stopping. Like I, I ran through the finish. I literally was running through the finish line and I was trying to do like the flying like celebration. And I actually tripped over a rock and I tripped into the <laughs> finish line. And then when I stood up, I was like, let's go. And like, oh, that's like, so you though, dude. I love that, man. Dude, oh, it literally is oh. so me. And it's so funny because the guys captured that moment. Yeah, and yeah. It was so funny because even after hundred, you know, I mean, dude, after any hundred, like most people have no energy. They're depleted. Yeah. But mm-hmm. even for me, as depleted as I was at mile 60, as down and out, as, as much doubt, and all the insecurities that I have as a human started to creep up and fester mentally and physically and emotionally. That feeling, that fulfilling moment of like accomplishing this mission was something that is was so dope to experience. And like okay. I had people there that was kind of experiencing it with me. And it was it, it's something that I will remember forever. It, it's, it, it really is an amazing accomplishment. No doubt. No, it's, it's, I'm so glad you shared that, man. And Joe just experienced that this past year too, because you just did your first hundred this past year, right, Joe? That's Correct. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So he got to experience that too recently. And it's funny because that was my first location. So to just hear that story. And again, for maybe those who maybe don't follow Matt, you as much, I, I'm glad you talked about the lows because again, it makes you so relatable, but also, man, when you cross finish lines, you are all hype and I freaking love it. Like that's what I've just been so attracted to just following you about is you're like, ah, and just freaking out and I'm, I'm the same way man all the time and i just think that's so far and and hearing that part of your journey as a guy who you know started as a football player and then just started dabbling and running and then all of a sudden it's like man we're doing 100 mile races that is just so awesome um to see where you took things i, I just think it's sick dude so um thanks for sharing that story yeah there is a video on youtube um, with you doing that for those of you who are listening, if you want to check out more in depth on that, but yeah, like you didn't just jump in any race, <laughs> you jumped into literally one of the toughest ones that's out there. And I, I just think I mean, that's so badass, man. I love that. Right. It's probably, it's probably one of the tougher on the East coast. Oh, no question. It's hard. Oh, it's one of the top five hardest in the country. <laughs> it's yeah, brutal. I didn't, I didn't, look, I didn't even know. I honestly did not even know. Sure. <laughs> really, when you signed up, you were just like, you were just like, eh, like this one looks good. Fuck it, why not? Like, you one of no- my friends, one of my friends had like was like itching to get into Leadville, and was just end up looking at that race because it was local to us. Like, I'm a Maryland guy, so like that was like two hours from my yeah, house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes um, sense. And it was yeah, it was just like because like obviously when you do Leadville, when you do these big ultras, like 
well, one, like you, you need a team, you need a crew and like to fly all these people out there. It's, it's a lot of shit. So yeah, I think yeah. that one just being in our backyard in Shenandoah was just kind of like, it made sense. And then, you know, for me, honestly, guys, like I'm not really a nerd when it comes to like course layout and all that. Like, obviously I knew about this sub three marathon because I really had that goal in mind, but like a lot of times, like, I think that kind of like festers into people's mentality of like, Oh my God, like heartbreak Hill at Boston. Like, like people create, the 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 not even the excuse but the limitations in their own brain mm. like for me i'd rather not even know i'd rather have a little bit of awareness to understand when i need to hit my gear or hit these things but like i think at times that lets people's doubt creep in even more when they look at a race they when they look at a challenge it's like oh my god like the circumstances the variables aren't going to be in my favor and like this past tunnel vision marathon was the first time where i was like i was stacking the deck to like yeah, really really right? Right yeah. and that was the first time where i felt like damn like I'm kind of doing the most to like really hit this PR, yeah. but like relatively speaking, when I ran Austin, I didn't realize how hilly Austin was. Yeah. I kind of just, <laughs> just show up and you know kind of give my best effort. But I don't know. I think that's something interesting that you know at times research is great. At times doing due diligence and, and studying and like obviously all these things can help you perform. But there's almost beauty in the unknown, and I mm. think that's why I gravitated towards ultra. I didn't know what that was gonna do to me. I didn't know what that was going to unlock. It would have been so easy for me to read Goggins' book and be like, fuck 100 miles. What the fuck am I going to do that for? Right? It's easy to judge someone from afar, from the sideline. And I have this quote right here, the man in arena, which LeBron James writes in his shoe that Theodore Roosevelt yeah, yeah. talked about. Theodore Roosevelt. Uh, from the sidelines. It's yeah. easy when you're eating popcorn and drinking a beer to say, yeah. oh my God, you can't make two free throws. It's hard to go do that shit. So for me, like it's it's quite irrelevant about like the races and stuff. It's more like I do most of this shit for myself because once it's done, mm -hmm. it's just it's done. It's just like I don't feel the need to bring it up to every single human that I meet. If someone asks me, I'm not going to disrespect someone that wants to, you know, get some knowledge or insight about the experience. But like, you won't ever see me saying like, oh, I'm mad. Try I'm a hundred mile ultra marathon. Like. Like, no, like I'm just a human. Like nah, I put sure, man. We, we never got that sense from you. Not at all, man. I think it's just sick. Cause you're just, this literally personifies what you talked about before, man, quit overthinking it. Just go do it. And you're doing that. And that's just so sick. And it's so funny. Cause like my first hundred miles, I was with my buddies in Vegas and I was talking about Goggins and I was drinking and I was liquored up and I just signed up. And then like the next morning I got a notification on my phone and like people, and I know I'm not the only one. So the person who does destination trail at Candace Burt, I had this conversation with her, but my first one, she's like, huh? well, I have people who hit me up all the time, do the same thing. But then the next day they'll be like, yeah. So I signed up for this 200 mile race and I was liquored up last night and I'm not going to continue to do this. And so I, when, after I called it, I'm like, nah, no, no, I'm doing this. My friends are like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, I got six months. Let's do this thing. They're like, you're an idiot. I'm like, no, 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 I'm driven. This is going to be fun. So Dude, I appreciate you sharing that. Like that's, that's sick. And that's awesome. So no, that's, that's good stuff, man. Yeah, totally agree, man. It's, it's, it's inspiring just to hear just the way that you, you treat these things. Right. Cause it's like to you, like, I think there's like, to your point, there's a beauty in ignorance in some cases, right? Because like, sometimes if you know how fucked up or crazy or like whatever it's going to be, sometimes it can like bring up those fears of doubt where you're like, Hey, like, you know, hundred miles, like whatever, like I'm, I'm just going to sign up and just kind of do this. And it's like in the moment, it kind of throws it at you. And it's like, you have no choice but to react. Whereas like before, if you know, in a forehead, it's like, okay, well now I, I can just not do it. And, but when you're in the moment of it, like when you're hitting that hill, you're hitting that elevation, you're like, well, shit, I'm here. So I guess I got to figure it out. And 
the only way you can really get there is if you kind of have, you know, this belief that you can do it, which can sometimes be retracted by looking into the details, seeing what the obstacles are ahead. Like, dude, I, I freaking love that. Cause, uh, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I think the known scares people sometimes more than the, the unknown in some cases. Yeah. I love this quote by Denzel Washington. He said, if you're not failing, you're not even trying. Mm. Like, think about that concept. People are so scared of fail in life or, or get out of a, a job that they hate or a relationship that they know this t- it's toxic. Trying to do that is the whole point of life, right? Because if you never attempt it, like, are you really living or were you just kind of going through the motion? So when I heard that, I'm like, damn, like that's powerful shit. Like if you're not failing, you're not even trying. Like you're not even giving an effort. You're not even giving your chance to, to have that feeling. And, and most people don't know how to react from it, but they've realized that like, if you care about the judgment of other people, then of course you're not going to try new things. But like if that, that judgment should never be stronger than the judgment you have on yourself. No question. And I think that kind of like just a life lesson I've learned, whether it's been through like guys like Gary Vee or guys that I look up to that I like emulate or try to kind of, I see that their content or the things that they talk about is something that I relate with. It's funny how a lot of the things like the framework and, and the things I've done have kind of been a blueprint from other people that I've kind of put my own twist to it. But that's the beauty thing about, the beautiful thing about life, like there's secrets in these books, in these, in people that they spend decades of their lives to basically curate into one project, but people would rather sit here and sit and watch Netflix all day. So like, to me, it's more like, look, we have all this stuff that we need out here to execute the, the goals and, and, and the things that we want to achieve. But I think most times the people that are stopping themselves are just themselves. It's, it's mm. you that's stopping yourself from achieving the things. It's not the circumstance or the trauma or, or whatever. It's just most people are getting in their own ways. Well, and the mm. thing that's so cool and relatable about yourself is how, I mean, I, I was an LA guy for eight years. You are process driven and you talk about the dream being the getting up at the 530 and doing the work. And that is so Kobe Bryant all the way through. And I love that because he would talk about all the time how he's like, man, yeah, the, the rings and the ships, all that stuff's cool. But the actual dream is Wednesday, five in the morning. I get to get up and I get to go kick everyone else's ass. And that really is the dream. And if it's not, take a gut check look. And I love that that's what you're doing and where you're at. And man, I, I mean, one thing that I want to dive into is you just be cute. That's super dope as a guy who has run an ultra marathon and is trying to be cute myself. Like that's sick. But now I want to know, man, like you've run a hundred mile race, you've run a, a 50 mile race, you've done 50 K you just qualified for Boston. You're doing all this different stuff brother, what's next, man? Like what's on the agenda? What are you, what are you hoping to do? Like, I mean, I, I I've thrown Moab at you just as a joke here and there, but I mean, I'm (laughs) curious, like, what what are you thinking for what's next, man? What are you, what are you hoping to do? Side note, Joe, this man, Ryan T, he DMs me, he goes, yo, I'm just going to sign you up for Moab 240. (laughs) (laughs) I do that, bro. So I literally, I so 2021, (laughs) I'm talking to this guy. He's my, my buddy, his name's Sean. He's like, man, I should do a hundred mile race. I, I got all his information. I signed him up for Zion and he goes out there and he does it. Oh man, like, Matt, I'm serious. <laughs> I do that with people and I'll do that with you, man. Cause like that I, stuff changes your life. I would love to have you guys part of my damn pacing team, bro. Yes, sir. Um, man. I love that. Um, to answer your question, you know, it, it, I'm like, it's so funny cause I don't have a direct answer for you right now, but I am so much in that framework of thinking the things I've done are relevant to me at this point. My buddy Gunner, who just got done with Leadville out in Austin, he asked me when we were training one day, we just were on a run. He said, how are you gonna celebrate the sub three? 
And I honestly thought about it for like five seconds. I said, I'm not like, mm. it's just, I don't look at these things like, oh my God, like pat myself on the back and don't run for two weeks because you've earned it. Like, no, like there's every single day as humans, we can improve. Even if that improvement is very subtle, very little, like I meditated a little bit more. I took a longer cold shower. I ran a little bit further or maybe less because I'm understanding that my body needed rest. Like that is mm. growth. That's learning. So in terms of what's next, like I can definitely see myself, obviously I'm going to be running Boston in 2023 um, in, April. So, like, in my trajectory. Um, I want to do another ultra, like without a doubt, like I want to just do another one just because, you know, the one in Dunners, I just never, it's not that I don't respect it. It's just like, I want to continue to see if that, that, that chip I still have or not. Yeah. Mm. A moment that I'll kind of talk about in the, in the hundred mile race. And this really stood with me as I was going and I was at around 48 miles and we were getting very close to the halfway point. I saw this gentleman who was really struggling. Like he just, I could tell his energy was off. Like he really just was like out of the race. I asked him, I said, are you good? Like, you need anything? You need any nutrition? Like, you guys know how the ultra world is tight. It's tight knit, man. Like Super dope. there's yeah. not many guys that actually understand the feeling of that shit. Yeah. Or women, right? So it's like when you see other people that are suffering or going through some shit, and if I have enough feel or something that can uplift your spirits, or even if it's just a conversation, um, I just asked him, like, how you doing? He's like, dude, I feel like shit, man. I, I was, I've been under train. He said, the key word was, he said, I've ran this race two times already. Yeah. He said, I have nothing left to prove. Yeah. I thought about that for a second. Yeah. When we reach a certain status in life, money, occupation, houses, cars, whatever you want to talk about, races, accomplishments, the thought of that contentment, the complacency of like, I've been there. I have nothing to prove. Why am I here again? And I thought about it. I'm like, damn, like, the thought of that, it's it's a it's obviously a lot of self-doubt that creeps in because you feel like, oh my God, like I have nothing to prove. But I feel like for me in that mama mentality, it's always like every year, every, every day, like there's always something to prove. You're proving mm -hmm. to see if you were better than what you were last year, right? Yeah. So for me, it's like there will always be other challenges and things that come up. Um, but I just want to talk about that story because it really it sat with me. And like after he said that, I kind of knew that he was out. He's like, I'm gonna stop at 50, I'm stopping at the halfway point. And yeah. like, I just kind of like, I, I told him, I said, dude, I hope you're good. I kind of just kept on because I didn't want to feel that energy for too mm -hmm. long. No, no, no doubt. And like, that'll happen in a race. And I'm so glad you brought that up too, because of how you bounce back off that too. And like, you had that moment, even for a little bit of hesitation at 62, but like, you're like, no, 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 this ain't me. Like, I, I ain't going to go down that path. And I just love that, that you bounce back off that. And you're just like, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to blaze my own trail. Cause look, Goggins talks about that too. And he talks about that in his books too, how you're going to have these moments of things. And here's the thing about ultras you got all the time in the world to think about that stuff too. And like people don't even realize that and understand that, but that's like real. And David talks about that all the time too, where it's just like that last loop when he was at, at her 100, where he's like, I have my thoughts and I didn't run a single stride. And I was thinking about what I need to do to create, to like really become that, that mad scientist to really get inside my brain and figure out what do I need to do to show up as that best version of myself. And I love that you thought about that and talked about that for what's next. And Hey man, if you, you need someone to start throwing ideas your way. <laughs> I love it. You'll have some in-depth conversations about like what's next. What are we gonna do? Oh man, I I I ain't I ain't got a shortcut for for what's next. I got all sorts of ideas and stuff. And, and and hey, you you got your Moab crew right here. So oh yeah, no they, doubt. You got that already checked off off the bag in case you're you're diving into that. <laughs> That's a, I love that. And, I, and you know something I want to touch on there is like having a community, having people like yeah. this that are pushing that envelope. It's yeah. hard to find. 
Mm-hmm. When you have guys, when you have people, you can have this conversation is uncommon for most people to even comprehend. Mm-hmm. No doubt. All of us can have our perspective and have an understanding of like what that shit feels like, what it's like to kind of suffer, to have that self-doubt, to have the solitude. Like it's funny because like the guys that got me into this stuff, there was one of my buddies, Jason Hine. He was the one that got me to sign up my first 50. And it's always like that. You need someone that's almost like, yo, try it. Like the, the level of unknown, the level of like the doubt that we have as humans, it's like, oh fuck, can I do hundred miles? Can I do 50 miles? So I think having a group of people, community of people that are kind of in that framework where that, that mentality is not so different. It's actually quite common if you find the right people. And I think that's super important for anyone listening. It might not need to be ultra, but if you find a run club near you that runs 5Ks, that runs a couple of miles, that runs a 10K, yeah. like that becomes your framework because yeah. the environment you put yourself in. And that's shit's critical. And, and, and not just running, in all facets of life. So true, man. It's I, I absolutely love that too, because like sometimes we can get in our own head, especially in an ultra, right? And that's like the beauty of sometimes even having a good crew or a good pacer, right? Is because we can get so clouded in our own head, right? And you need that person to be like, hey, like, hold on a second, man. Like, you can do this. You've done this before. Like you got it in you. Right. Or, or to think objectively, right. Like in terms of just kind of talking some sense into us and it doesn't even have to be in ultra. It's our everyday life. Right. We think, Hey, I want to do this. Or, you know, I want like, for example, I had a friend who texted me today. He's like, dude, like I want to do Leadville so bad. And I go, okay, we'll put your name in the lottery for next year. And he's like, well, dude, I don't know. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, like put it in the lottery. Like, come on, like you want to do this, like make it happen. And listen, I've had people tell me that all the time too, where I say, Hey, I want to do this. And they're like, all right, well, then, then we then saddle up, let's go, baby. You know, so like you need the people who are gonna to have it on like that, man. And I'd love to see that you you mentioned that as not just a, a suggestion, but a, a part of your success in life, right? Because it goes to show that it's like, you know, sometimes the biggest antidote to our own head. I mean, in the end of the day, we gotta be the ones to control that. But having that person to like kind of, you know, metaphorically and maybe sometimes literally slap us in the face and be like, hey, like listen, it's it's time to buckle up, let's go. Like giddy up it's, it's, it's time to get on that trail and finish that race you know so i i love that you you put that in there because it's just such a huge important part to any runner and so to say um which is which is just really really valuable is there anyone in your life who you see is like you know someone who's important to you or someone who is in that community or kind of like a staple like tell us a little bit about that and how that's kind of played a role into you know the things that you've been able to accomplish and everything yeah i mean i, I think that it comes from a mixture um you know, from afar, it's guys like Goggins and, and Bear that like I can hear and see, but they don't tell me like, oh, Matt, go sign up for that because I don't know them, right? But seeing that, like seeing that approach work, it makes me get confidence of like, I can do that. Mm-hmm. But the actual people in my circle, my community, like there's two guys I'll name. It's, and it, it's, it, they were the first that really started. It was Jason Hind, I mentioned, and my business partner, Sean Greenspan. And Sean is more like a pseudo ultra guy. Jason is like, plant himself on a mountain he's gonna make his own ultra course type of guy like he's he's done a couple hundreds like he's really like he's trying to do the john muir trend like he's doing a bunch of wild like caveman type of shit but the conversation like you guys said like it's it's, it's very common it's just like oh like if i say like, i want to do a hundred mile races it's not like oh my god you're gonna do a hundred miles it's like oh shit which one and like mm-hmm. even those small nuances right like the conversation of the uplifting, the positive framework, like those things are powerful because sometimes the doubt or, or, or the limitation that we believe as people are happening from society, from our parents, from our siblings, from, from friends that are like, why would you want to do that? Why would you leave this cush job to go start your own thing and make who knows how much you're like that doubt 
it's around us all the time. So finding people that have an uplifting spirit is so critical. And I have and then another guy, my buddy Tuan, who I did that 100 mile with, yeah. who I gave my walking track to. Um, he's also just someone who's pushing his level, right? I think for anyone in this world, like if you're pushing your level of uncomfortability in any form or fashion, whatever it looks like, whether it's through yoga, whether it's meditation, Pilates, running, I don't care. Like you deserve to be respected and have a badge, like in, in that sense, right? Like, because mm -hmm. for all of us, there's no one size fits all approach. We have found running to be the vehicle, but some people want to just go meditate and that's awesome too. So for me, it's like, once you find those people, cultivate it and spread that same energy that you want to get reciprocated. And like they, yeah. when those guys come up to me with some shit and they put it in the group chat, I just ran like 25 miles. I'm like, shit, like, let's go. Like, in my head, it's like, a little <laughs> I'm like shit, I need to go put on my shoes and go hit a run too. So it's like, yeah. it's, 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 it's a good level of competitive fire um, that we all need. But at the end of the day, we need to be able to fill our own cup. And if your own fire is not strong enough, well, one, figure out why and then to start to see what type of ignition you need. Like, is it just a little match? Do you need a lighter? Do you need a whole like, gasoline? Like, do you, you need to figure that stuff out because that's gonna then lead you to like figuring out, do I need a lot of friends around me that have the same mentality? Or can I be a one man wrecking crew, right? So I think all those nuances are very important. And, but I think community is critical in this space. I love it, man. I love it. You nailed it on the head, man. And I love how you balance that dichotomy of like, hey, you need to have that community, but you also need to have that fire in yourself, right? And sometimes you need to be that one man wrecking crew. Sometimes you need to put the head down and get to work. But in the end of the day, like, you know, no, no great thing is ever done alone, right? And, and ultras, yes. I think are a great thing. I mean, you know, there are some crazy people like myself included and probably never do it again is a self-supported ultra. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, I feel like when you look at all the greats out there, like no one's ever, you know, uh, accomplished big things without a team. And I, I, I love how you ended on that too, because it's great. And what's super cool is like with you being a content creator, putting yourself out there, people can add you as a part of their community, right? Like similar how you see Goggins and Bear. So for our listeners who are listening right now, before I ask my last question on the show, for those who want to add you to the community, which everybody here, dude, follow Matt, like for yeah. real, follow Matt. Like, dude, you want to be fired up. You want to be inspired. You want to learn some things. You want to just really just be in the world of an all around great guy, not just runner, great guy, seriously, yeah. like follow Matt. And so, uh, for those of the listeners here who are just getting to know you a little bit more and they're like, Oh man, I don't want this episode to end. Cause I want more Matt Where can <laughs> on your social channels. Um, yes, I appreciate that. Um, on TikTok and Instagram, I'm, I'm obviously doing a lot of short form content. You can find me there at Matt Choi six. I'm on, on Instagram, it's Matt Choi underscore six, but it, it, it should pop up. Um, and on YouTube, it's just Matt Choi. Um, I'm definitely dedicating a lot more to long form content and yeah. still throwing in YouTube shorts and things of that sort. But yeah. um, I've, I've, since I've been in Austin, I've really like dedicated time to, to make long form just because yeah. one, I think it's, it humanizes myself even more, but it gives people time to see like just longer clips because sometimes conveying a message in 15 to 30 seconds can be difficult. Yeah. Um, not impossible, but it can be difficult. But um, yes, yeah, so that's where you guys can find me. I love it. I love it. I love like the long form because like I feel like you have such this like emphasis on like authenticity and kind of vulnerability and looking into it. And I feel like with the long form, you get like all of those little nuances, right? A lot more of that, man. So I'm stoked to follow along, man, and tune into your journey. And I know Ryan mentioned the uh, the, the documentary with the hundred miler. I'll put that in the link too because we talked about that here. Yeah. Uh, definitely give that a watch. Um, but Ryan, uh, Ryan, thank you so much for for hopping on here as a co-host. Thanks for having me, me, man. Matt, I will be Austin, uh, middle of September. We'll link up, okay, man? Dude, yeah, hell yeah, easy.
And if I'm ever in Austin, I'll, I'll let you know too. I've never been out there and I don't have anything planned, but, but who knows, man, I'm, I'm, there's a lot of cool people out there, including yourself. So I'd love to. And for uh, Matt, thank you so much for this, man. This was amazing, yeah, yeah. but I got to ask you my last question here that I ask every single guest on the show. And we've kind of talked a little bit about this, but I'm curious to hear what it is. And that is, there's one thing our listeners can do every single day to become a better endurance athlete. What would that thing be? Yeah. Mm. For an endurance athlete. Endurance athlete. Doesn't have to be running any, anything who's going to be anyone who's going to be endurance athlete, the number one key to success to do every day. I think it's to unlearn the limitations that you have in your mind, Mm. right? Whether it's distances or like how many races you've done in a year or, or whatever it might be. Like a lot of the conversation we've talked about, like I'm not an an expert endurance runner or, or ultra runner, but like a lot of my success has been leaning into that unknown. Like almost being to your point, arrogant with the things that we can do with this body. Like the human body is so special and amazing. It can adapt. It forms into new, uh, it can form so many new neural paths. Like, I mean, there's so many things that this thing can do that it's way above all of our pay grades of actually understanding it. So I think the biggest thing I would say is like, once you open up your mind and actually realize that like the impossible is possible. Mm. that leads to a lot of special opportunities in the ultra space. And I kind of leave it with that. It's like, if you've done a marathon, well, shoot, try to double it. If you've done a 50, try to double it. If you've done a 50 K, try to double it. Like there really is no limitation to this. And as long as you believe that the sky's the limit. Shit, man. That was so good. Hey, today's my rest day, but now after listening to this conversation, I'm about to put on the shoes and just go out for like a 20, 20, 30 mile run. I'm fired up, man. Let's go. Let's go. But anyways, Matt, dude, thank you so much for this amazing episode, dude. You are incredible. I appreciate you so much, man. And dude, this was, uh, this was one for the books for sure. And dude, keep killing out there. I know you will. And, uh, man, you, I, you already accomplished so much, but I know you got an even brighter future ahead of you and, and so much to go, man. And, the, the, the running community in the world is a better place because you're here, man. So thank you for this. Dude, I seriously appreciate that, guys. It was so fun meeting both of you and just having this conversation. I'm uh, beyond blessed. No doubt. Oh, man. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Everyday Ultra Podcast. Appreciate you listening in. And if you have any topics or guests or suggestions for the show, I would love to hear that because I want to make sure this show is so valuable to you that I'm able to provide all the things that you're looking for to become a better endurance athlete every day. So if you have those things, feel free to send them over to me on Instagram at Joe Corsione. That is my handle, J-O-E-C-O-R-C-I-O-N-E. And I'll be more than happy to fit it into the show, reach out to the guests that you're looking for, and ultimately give the value that you're looking for. Um, If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it. Uh, Would love to get more ultra runners and uh, people in the ultra endurance community listening to this podcast because the more this podcast grows, the better we're able to serve you as well. And so thank you so, so much again for listening in. I tell you, I do not take it lightly. And remember, my friends, become a better endurance athlete every single day. Take care.